Oh, that sounds better. You hear me now? Yeah, that's better. <laughs> all right. Huh? All right. What's going on? Oh, well, now it's not recording. Oh, my God. Digging in the crates for something good Hidden gems often misunderstood Cause you know there's no such thing as too much Welcome back to the show. This week, I called my dad in the Philippines, and it was a little bit of a hassle to set up. I've been having trouble with these phone call recordings, so I'm doing my best to figure it out. But um, my dad moved to the Philippines, I guess, about five years ago now. My parents are divorced, and he remarried married a woman in the philippines and he used to go back and forth but now he lives there full time so i don't see him a lot i have visited him once there and he comes here uh every now and then so it's difficult it's definitely difficult to stay close and to stay in touch and to keep him updated and for him to keep me updated on life but uh i like a good challenge i guess and I just thought it was a good time for my dad to be on the podcast. I don't think he's heard a lot about it. I don't know if he knows a lot about podcasting, but that's probably better for me. Sometimes I wonder if I want my family to listen. <laughs> but it's okay if they do, because I love them, and I don't think I'm doing anything crazy here. So anyway, we talked about a lot of different stuff. My dad's an interesting guy. He... Um, He's fun to have a conversation with. So if you like aliens, listen to the whole thing or just skip to the end because we do get into that. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. And I hope you guys enjoy it too. Here it is. So how's it going? I mean, you could complain. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I do because I get bored. But I figure I always find out something to do. Yeah, but what are you... Are you... Like, what hobbies have you got into or have you yet? Same thing I've always done. I just like to fix things. I like to analyze things, you know. I'm always working around the house. other things that I'd like to do, but I don't have the tools to do it. I'd like to try woodworking or lathe kind of stuff, but I keep debating on it, but my space in the garage, I just don't feel like there's enough for doing something like that, but I really like to do it. I mean, well... Yeah, one project I... Huh? Well, can't... Are you just not able to get the tools over there? I can get the tools, but it's the space. I thought you had more space now. You just, like, built, you know, three or four floors on your house. No. No. I didn't, <laughs> didn't build three or four floors. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I wish I had the house next door they just built. You know, one day, I don't know, just, just a thought. I got another piece of property down the street here, 150 uh, meters that... I'd like to build a house there, two or three stories, and the bottom part of the house will be my garage. The whole bottom of the house will be just a garage. Like, are you planning on that? I don't know about. I don't know if I'll ever do it or not. Maybe it just depends. When I start drawing Social Security, maybe, but right now, no. Well, that's an option. But then I also I also think, you know, how long do I, am I going to want to do that kind of stuff? I want to stay busy. 
That's my main thing. Well. And of course, you you know I've always liked to work with my hands and do things like that. Yeah, but what if you're not able to do that? What are you? Gonna, what's going to fill that space? I like to go out. Like we're gonna, as soon as we're done talking here, we're gonna go out and just go the SNR club, the Landers, and just hang out there. I like just to go out and walk and spend time with Emily too. Just you know, hang out. I like doing that kind of stuff too. Just to get out of the house, I, I like doing that. Going out and you walk and you know you just browse and. Yeah, but you know what surprises me the most about you is that you like how you deal with that because I know, I know you don't like traffic, and I know just from the small amount of time I spent there, I I've always just been so confused how you can handle that. I think I'd stay inside all day, every day. Well, let me tell you something. You you made a good point there, and over time I learned to deal with it because you know. No matter how I how I spin things, I look at it this way. I'm blessed. I mean, I'm definitely blessed because I have a roof over my head. I got food on the table. Um, I'm able to do things. Many, many, many other people don't get that chance. So just that kind of a frustration that you see every day with traffic. Yes, it gets under my nerves, uh, but I, I can deal with a lot more than I used to be able to. And granted, sometimes I get... <laughs> I get downright mad, but I'm a lot more patient. That's good. I guess uh, that's something you couldn't have anticipated, but it's probably a good um, result. Well, Emily commented, she's commented a few times, and I told her on those weeks ago or two weeks ago, I was, there was a situation where I just plain got, I got upset. I just told her, I said, you know, I said, you see me getting upset right now, but in the past, you wouldn't have wanted to be around me because I was a lot worse. I said, so take this as a good thing. Wait, when you, when you were there or just in life? Uh, Wait, like when you were life. there? Oh, life. Life. Yeah, yeah, my temper was a lot shorter before. I mean, now, now I can, my patience is a heck of a lot better. Wait, how, over what period of time did your temper change though? Like what what are you what um are you thinking of a specific moment temper wise? No, I think being out here has actually changed my temperament a lot. You know, calm me down and just take life as it is that you can't you can't really change the environment here, but you can deal with it and you can try to you know, Emily's taught me that try to make an excuse for that person. And she's right. I mean, for me, there's no excuse for somebody not being able to get a legal license and just going out and buying one for somebody, which I think a lot of people here do. But then when you see the people that are speeding down the road and going in and out of traffic, granted it's dangerous, but she said make an excuse. Maybe the person in the car is sick or they're going to the hospital or something which you can do that good point that's true just situations like that you just never know what the situation is on the other side i try to do that because you know a lot of times you just run it not even traffic you just run into people and you go man people are just terrible terrible yeah, like, the things they say the things they do but yeah there's usually a reason and to her, yeah and to her point that if you jump out of the car and you go over and you start yelling at this person, it could be a very good reason for it, which you're going to embarrass yourself and others, the fact that you, you exploded instead of just being calm and just trying to figure out what the reason was for it and then going from there. And she's right. Wait, have you ever jumped out of the car there and yelled at somebody? No, no, and she's told me don't ever do that because, and she's right also, like you just never know. And the fact that I'm a foreigner, that's bad news. So... Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I try to keep my, uh, like I said, I've mellowed my temper out a lot. I'm going to continue to do that. When do you think your temper was the worst, though? Because I'm trying to, now I'm thinking back. I would think probably when I was uh, in the military. Because of the military, you think? I think so. Yeah, a lot of the stress I put up with there. 
Like the entire time? Uh, was it just the military in general? Uh, no, I think I'm just, I was just basically a high strung person, type A. And you know, I always wanted to get things done right now, which I still have that personality, but I've learned to slow down a little bit. Because I always wanted things done. Let's get it done now, now, now. And, you know, in a hurry and there's no time to waste here. I've changed my attitude on that kind of stuff. Yeah, I got some of that. I think I'm sure I got it from you. I just, yeah. I, I get so much anxiety over getting stuff done, and yes, and I still have that, but I've learned to, you know, deal with it. Like I've got this air conditioner piping I got to do outside, and I keep on went out there looking at it. What's the best way to do this? Because once I tear it apart, I've got to put it back together again. Yeah, so, so, yeah. I've got, a, I've got a lot. Yeah, I've got a lot, a certain amount of time for it, so I don't get rushed to do it. And once I go out there, I can just take my time to get it done instead of like I used to. I put well, I got to get these ten tasks done today. Well, I don't need to do that no more because I got I got time on my hands. That's true, and that there must be something nice about that. You know, like I feel like I have too much to do, and part of that's my own fault because I have, there's things I want to get done, things I want to accomplish. But I sometimes wish that I was just looking for something to do. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times that you got those things to do, I also try to. I'll combine a lot of things and I'll I'll kind of pick at them. Well, I'll get this much done of this today, and also this one here today, then. I'll continue on and get them all done at one time. But you're just doing a little bit on each one of them. Do you think it's going to get harder but to... Uh, huh? Right, the air conditioning thing, once I take it apart, i got to get it back together again. So I can't wait on that. So you don't have to, to right? Can you, just, can you just leave it out? No, it's, it's the piping. I don't want to leave them open. I got I want to insulate them. So i got to pull the old insulation off and if you don't put it back on, the efficiency of the air conditioner dramatically changes. In other words, you'll use a lot more electricity because the pipes are out there sweating because it's cold freon going through it. And once you insulate those pipes, the pipes aren't going to stay, aren't going to work so hard to stay cold because of the heat. Oh, okay. So once I take sense. it apart, I gotta get it back together. Else, I don't use the air conditioner for a few days. Do you think you're going to have a harder time finding things to do as you get further into retirement there? I mean, you've been... How long have you been living in the Philippines now? What is it? Five? Is it five years now? Has it been that long? Uh, I, re I retired uh, at the end of 2014, so four years, almost five. Yeah, wasn't it right after Christmas, uh, like early yeah. 2015? Yeah, Christmas is when I actually retired. That It was December. December 6th or something like that, that month, 14th. But mm -hmm. I was actually done Before September that? or October. I just had to leave. Do you ever wish you would have waited? Because didn't you, didn't you only have a couple more years and you would have got um, that retirement check? Or was it longer than that? Uh, I, I could have got my... It wouldn't really be a retirement. It's like an annuity. Same thing as a retirement. But no, to answer your question, no, I don't wish I would have waited. I'm glad I did it because I was just so frustrated in that job. It was good pay and everything, but then I thought about it, you know. I'm maintaining two households, one here, one there. And to retire and come out here with a retirement check, I'm not losing that much more, really, compared to what I was spending before on just taking care of two houses. Yeah. Man, I can understand oh, that. Man. I think most people, if they have an opportunity to get out of a job, you just want to do it. Especially yeah. if you've been there long enough and it's it's sucking your soul out. Well, and that's the fact is, civil service, government in general. I mean, in the Air Force, I felt a lot more uh, accomplished because... You saw results. In civil service, it was like your hands were tied constantly because of money. Uh, we'll start this project, but all the funding's not there anymore, so you think about all the stuff that you've already done. You've wasted all that money. Now we're not going to do this. Let's start this different project, which was very frustrating knowing 
you're doing that, wasting your time, plus wasting your money, your tax-paying money on things that you should have never got started in the first place. Isn't that a lot of government, though? I mean, I was thinking about that the other day, just politics in general. Does it, it almost doesn't matter who's in what position. It just always feels like nothing's really getting done or not enough is getting done. <laughs> you know what I mean? You feel that way, yep, yep. I'm sure things are getting done, but like no matter who's in office, it just feels like nothing. It it just you're just sitting there watching and waiting. Well, for me, it was these simple things that you think it would be simple to approve and get done. But you look at it, and you look down a year later, and you say, "We're still talking about this, but we have still we haven't gotten anything done with it." Yeah. And it's because of you're working with contractors, you're working with just a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. Now, don't get me wrong, we have a pretty efficient system, probably about as efficient as it can be, but when it comes to the funding and people trying to make money like the, the vendors, you know, the OEMs, the, the engine manufacturers and things like that, everybody wants their piece of it. Which just slows too many down. layers. Exactly, that's exactly right. There's too much government. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't seem like that's going to change. No, too many people have their hands involved with it. And yeah. if you get one person that's not doing their job, that just slows the whole thing down. I feel like that's also, you know, it's similar to any job where you have like meetings that could have been emails where you just like talk yeah. in circles about things that you should probably just be doing. <laughs> Exactly. Some people just like meetings. Every time that somebody would walk by my desk and say, oh, by the way, we got a meeting at so-and-so, I just roll my eyes and go, yeah, for what? So we can sit in there and basically get five minutes worth of accomplishment while we're sitting in there for three hours? It's usually about what it was, 10% accomplishment. Yeah, but people feel like they're accomplishing something because they're in a meeting. They're like, well, we, we had meetings today. I was in meetings all day. Ugh, rough day. Sometimes reality, I like meetings because I... Is, huh? Reality is a lot of a waste of time. I know. That's why if I'm having a hard day and I'm have, struggling with work, I'd rather have a meeting because I know I'm not doing anything in the meeting. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a break. Go and socialize. <laughs> yeah, you just hang out, talk about things. <laughs> Avoid hey, the thing you don't want to do. Huh? <laughs> who's bringing the donuts today? Yeah. Are we getting food? Is this a lunch meeting? <laughs> just, so, I like those kind of meetings. Huh? Hey, we're having a team building. We're yeah. having a team building downtown tomorrow. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah, those are my favorite. Bonding time. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, it, it's dangerous, people bringing in food, though. I'll tell you. I, how much... Did you just have food in your office all the time? Because I've had that. It seems everywhere I've gone. Oh, it's always free yeah. food. Yeah, we we spend a lot of time doing that kind of stuff. <sighs> Don't get me wrong; I enjoyed it. It was a good time. <laughs> yeah, of course. But that doesn't mean you like you feel like you're doing anything. Well, no thing now. I can wake up and decide what I want to do without having somebody else, you know, to direct me that I got to be at work today. Yeah, which is nice. That's that's what I'm working towards to be on my own schedule, but not waiting till retirement. Yeah, well, I don't blame you. And, and and for you to do something like that, you could continue on that. If it's something you like to do, do it your whole life, and you you, you direct and. And decide what you know what your day is going to be. I'll take a vacation for the next three weeks because I want to, or whatever. That's good. That's a about the same thing as retirement, really. Yeah, I just think more people should work towards that. Some people can't probably, yeah. or they don't want to, but a lot of people want that, and they just I think they just don't work towards it. Well, you know, for me, I knew when I retired and resigned from the civil service job that. I couldn't do everything that I wanted to do, but I knew I could retire and be my own boss. And I'd like to have that extra money to go out and do cruises or all that kind of stuff anytime I wanted to do it. But right now I don't have that, but in the future maybe. You also liked your career, right? 
Like you weren't Yes. You weren't looking to get out at any point where you're like I should be doing something else. You liked being in the Air Force, right? Oh yeah, I really I like I I wouldn't change anything. I enjoyed it. I'm sure it had its challenges, but you felt um good about that path. Yeah, I mean it's like any other job. It's not always gonna be good, you're not always gonna work for the right the, the bosses you wanna work for, your days aren't always gonna be perfect, but what I was doing was something I enjoyed doing and and working around aircraft and engines, that's what I, you know, mechanical, that's what I've always enjoyed doing anyway. Now the management and leadership part about it, that was frustrating. The, the hands-on turning the wrenches and stuff, I really like that. Yeah, isn't that weird how you, like, you get more experience and then you stop doing the thing that you, like, started, like, the career for, you know? You, get, you may get into a career because yeah. you like engines, but you retire and you're not you're not doing that anymore. Exactly. Well, I, I am. I'm still, I consider myself a jack-of-all-trades, a master of none, because I can do just about anything as long as I have directions on how to do it. No, I mean career-wise. Uh-huh. I know that you still know how to do that. I just mean when you're, but when you get in any career where you're like, this is what I'm, this is what I liked, and the further along you get in that, they just don't, let, you just, they don't let you do it anymore, because you got to manage oh, yeah. people who do it. Yeah. Yeah, case in point, when I made Master Sergeant, and that was when I left Grissom Air Force Base, I pretty much knew my toolbox was going to be a thing of the past for the most part. I mean, I could still do it if I wanted to go out there and help the guys if I wasn't busy. But for the most part, my hands-on turning the wrenches was over with. Was that sad? Or was it like mixed feelings? It it, it, it was mixed feelings. It was sad to a point, but I enjoyed the, also like the challenge of I was the one that called the shots now in my area. I had a lot of different areas I called the shots in. Of course, you always work with somebody else, but they always left me alone because they knew that the job was going to get done. That's always a nice feeling. It is. And you always get those, some bosses that don't even know what they're doing and they try to put their fingers in what you're doing and then that's when I had to, and I never had a problem with telling you, hey, is this my job? And I would tell them, and let me do it. If I'm not doing my job, then let me know. But don't be over here telling my people what to do while I'm here. These are my people. Yeah, everyone wants a little bit of power. Yeah, but they respected that, though, because I never was afraid to tell them what I thought. I think it's, yeah, it's important. Instead yeah. of just hold, well, holding it in is not good either. Well, the big thing is, you got to respect your boss, and if they tell you this is what they want you to do, and then you can respectfully disagree with what they're telling you, then once they say, well, I understand you're disagreeing, but this is what we're going to do. Yes, sir, boss, you're the boss, and you press on with pride. Unless it's something to do with safety or something that you know is going to injure somebody, then you say, fire me, I ain't doing it. Did you ever have to do that? Mm, no. I mean, I... I've had to do it to the point where I told them, well, I understand you're telling me to do this, but this is why I'm saying it's not a good idea. Normally, I would get my way. Well, and the weird thing about the military, too, is that it's it's not easy to get fired, right? I mean, to you you really got to mess up for them to say you're out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which sort of allows people to do more wrong or to just be like, ah, whatever, this is, I'm not really going to get in trouble. Well, for the people that want to not follow the rules and be respectful and stuff, that's the people that probably don't move up the chain either. I'm not saying they have to, I'm not saying to kiss ass. I'm saying that. I know. There's there's a reason for the chain of command and there's also a reason for respectfully Telling people the way you see things, but I'm I'm just saying there's always two sides two sides to that. It's easier to be a bad employee though. Yeah, like that same person, if they were in a civilian job, they may not have they may not do certain things because they're gonna get fired. Yeah, but everything I like the military so so much was because of the discipline and knowing that you had that you know being raised in that gave me a lot of discipline but knowing that you had the 
uniform code of military justice and you've got to follow your orders and all that kind of stuff that made you a more respectful and disciplined person because there's a a code you know what I mean yeah in, in civilian life a lot of people think to themselves well I don't care fire me I'll just go find another job in other words they never want to learn discipline they just I'll do whatever I want to that's true when you look at it that way, it's probably the opposite of what I'm saying, that you're less likely to be disrespectful in the military than you may be in a regular job. Right. But I guess they... On the same hand, in the military, that we always took care of each other also. We're like a big family. It was, you know, let's take care of each other. And it always felt that way? For, for the most part, because the way you got to look at it also, I mean, you're in the military, you're... You're training to defend your country, so you want to have each other's back because you never know where you're going to be. And that was one of the main themes of the military is to, if you're on the front line, I want to be able to trust you that you're going to take care of me and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, that's something you don't have to think about in every job. Not a regular job. Yeah, you know, people say, well, you were in the military and you never went to war or something like that. And you just look at him and say, well, so what? But I was always, it was my job, so I was always there and ready because any any time I could be called to do that. I just, it was just my faith that I actually never went to the desert or any other kind of stuff. But did, I always supported it. Did that scare you, though? Oh, of course, you're always wondering. In mean, the one time that I went to Rwanda, or was supposed to go to Rwanda, Africa. Was that when you were supposed to be gone for six months? Yeah, four months. Oh, four months. Of course, we never ended up doing it. But yeah, that that kind of stuff, you know you have to do it, but it's just part of the job. That situation for me, though, was a five-star hotel for two weeks. (laughs) I said, okay. (laughs) And then come home. Yeah. That's not a bad deal. Well, and all the people that outranked me that were back at home station... I said, oh, you're the youngest one. <laughs> you're going to go. I came back and said, thank you for sending me. <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time, by the way. How old were you then? I guess you were in, what, your 30s? That was... Like 94? No, it was 97, 98. It was in, at uh, Dover. Couldn't have been 98, though. We were already in Oklahoma. Oh, no, 90, 96. Okay. Yeah, 96, I think it was. Because we were at Dover. Man, you were in your mid-30s. Yep. It's weird to think about now because I'm 33. Time flies, Jay. I know. It seems like yesterday. I know. I, re- I remember pretty well. I remember you coming home earlier. Wait, we did we surprise you or you surprised you surprised us, right? From that trip, uh, I surprised you guys. I think your mom did. Yeah, because we she thought you were gonna know. be gone. We were prepared for you to be gone for a while, and then I think she probably told us we were going to the airport for something else. And yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that pretty well. It does feel like it just happened. But, well, it was a good trip because we were flying on that C-5 and I don't know, about six hours into the trip or eight hours into the trip, the commander of the flight called and said, well, State Department said we're not, we haven't got authorized to go into, it was Kigali, Kigali, Africa. We're supposed to go there and stay in a warehouse on cots for that whole time they said we haven't got clearance so they they diverted us to Mombasa, Kenya we stayed there for a week all we did was go and check the oil on the C5s and then we were staying in a five star hotel there in Mombasa, (laughs) Kenya well geez I can take that job (laughs) yeah right right on the beach it was nice man and from there they we ended up leaving they said well we're not going to go in at all so we ended up going from there to I think it was uh, Maroon, Spain I think we went there and stayed one night or refueled and from there we went to Rhine, Maine and stayed in Germany for another 
couple of days and came home. Did you come back on the C5? I was a C5. That's not comfortable, is it? Not really. For like overseas? They put airline seats in them. They have the regular okay. seats. Delta Airlines ain't very comfortable either, so I would probably compare it. It's probably the same That's thing. That's true. Right? I, but airlines, haven't they gotten less comfortable over time because they got to cram people in there? Yep. And their seats aren't real cushiony either. You sit there for eight, ten hours, it gets pretty hard. Well, they might have been in the beginning, but when you have, you know, millions of people sitting on it constantly, on it. yeah, and they're not going to switch those out. Turned into a board. Yeah, I like flying, but it'd be nice if you know could just always be business class. Yeah, you had that privilege for a while. I did, and I'll tell you. It's definitely comfortable, but it's not worth the money they want to charge for. I don't care what anybody says, unless you're also rich. You didn't, but you never had to pay for it, right? Like you got yours from no. points from flying back and forth to the Philippines. Yeah, I got it from basically. Well, also civil service and military, the PUIs and stuff that helped a lot. Actually, that's where I got most of my points was from traveling stateside. And then, but then you added a bunch on when you took a longer trip, right? Right, exactly. Because I'm sure that's a lot of points at once. So, well, I got up to platinum status at one point, and platinum, of course, most most stateside flights you got upgraded to first class, and a lot of the times you'd be on a waiting list over, you know, for overseas, and I got upgraded a few times there too. Now look at you, you're just like a. You're just a lowly regular. Exactly. Just, just a regular old person. Yeah. You must be so embarrassed when you go to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Delta Airlines also has made it a lot harder to get that status. Well, you got to fly more? You got to fly more, you got to spend more. You got to spend more money to get your... to get up to the, the next level. Do you ever turn to other people in line and say, you know, I used to be platinum? No. no. <laughs> Just so you're aware. Yeah. Like, I used to I used to be something. I was someone here. You look at, you look at somebody that gets upgrade, upgraded, and they turn around and look at you, and I go, yeah, yeah, I know. I've been there. Yeah. So I was there before you were. I was you, so, buddy. I was you. Yeah, get out of my face. <laughs> it won't last. <laughs> It's gonna end. You're gonna feel just like me. <laughs> you just turn into the grumpy old uh, traveler, just letting everyone know, yeah. like you like it now, but trust me. Yeah. But just gonna tell you, it's not a good feeling. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Enjoy it while you got it. Have you seen the uh, aliens lately? <laughs> aliens where? I don't know. You're when I when I think of aliens, I think of you because there's because you just you you've been into them. I don't know recently, but um, just those alien conspiracy theories. On TV? Uh, yeah. Have you or yeah? Have you seen the aliens in person or on TV? No, I still watch that kind of stuff. Hey, let me tell you, there's definitely some weird things going on. Well, you, I know what it is. I have no idea. They just had a documentary out about um, uh, I can't remember his name. It's Bob something. Bob Lazar. Yeah. Yep. Did you watch that one? Bob, yeah, I watched that, and let me tell you, that he's one of the people that you know puts a lot of credibility to what they're talking about, especially the fact that he was an engineer, and he was an aerospace engineer, and he did work in that area. It is interesting. Yep, and he's and he's not he's one of those ones that not the first time he's been on, but they've evaluated him and every time he's talked it's never been a different story. It's always been the same exact what he said is what happened. Yeah, the he's only, never changed his story. But it's the part that sucks about it is you you're still left wondering though, because it's not like he can give you any real evidence or pictures or 
you sort of just gotta accept his story. So it's like with um, you know, like murder murder mystery documentary type things, where at the end they go, "Well, we still don't know who did it." And you're like, "Great." Well, you know, there's one thing about his story that makes me think. Also, do I do I think his story is credible? Absolutely, I do. And there's one thing that he says, and it was way back. Oh, when he first came out with this, and he was talking about what makes these flying saucers operate, the one thing that we can't duplicate here on Earth that makes these these flying saucers operate is element 15 or something like that, and it's an element that we didn't have on our our scales, our, uh, what is it, the... Like periodic table? Period, periodic table, our scales, right, but now... Actually, I think he had a he had a sample of this or something. But anyway, in the FBI government or all these all these other agencies were trying to to catch him with it. But now, guess what? It's on the periodic table now. They have that element fifteen on there now. So that tells you something. Yeah, I wish somebody would just come out and you know, like a a president or somebody who knows would just come out and be like, yeah. It's true. We just thought you should know now. Well, you can look at it another way, too, or you can just think about this. President Trump, the one that's out there now, and everything he's trying to do is you know, change things and what he said he's going to do, he's doing. And why do we have a Space Force now? I don't know. It's a goofy name, though. Yeah, but you know, some of the conspiracy theorists on this also is why do we have a space force and I think the thing is some people will tell you that because we already do have a space force now they're just coming out and they're going to name it and make it visible to everybody but a lot of people will tell you they think that we've been traveling the universe for many many years which in my opinion I agree behind the scenes I think we have been I feel like that'd just be too hard to keep um, a secret though but think about it, Jay. 19, was it 1960? The first time they, the man went to the moon? 1969, wasn't it? Yeah. But all the technology we have right now, cell phones and all that kind of stuff, and to say since we went there way back then, how many years ago? That's almost, that's almost 60 years. 50-some years ago. Yeah. And back then we also had the SR-71, aircraft that would basically skim the skim the, the top of the earth I mean, all the way to the, the bottom of the universe well you know I'd like to hear a debate between the people who think we never went to the moon and the people who think we're traveling through the universe yeah that would be that'd be an interesting debate yeah maybe I'll you could get on that thing. huh I guarantee I doubt my mind. I think in my lifetime and in your lifetime, we're going to see it. We're not the only ones out there. Uh, yeah, I don't think we're the only ones out there. It's too. I mean, you know, the, it, the, the universe the is too big. Is, it is too big, and you know the bottom line is there is a God, and we can go into talking about God because He's real. And if you look in the Bible, you'll see these unidentified objects in certain places in the Bible, and they talk about people coming from the sky. So these unidentified objects you're seeing now, all that stuff, all ties into that. You know, Jesus and the fact that he was resurrected, um, that's all something that really happened, and if I want to try to tie all this together, I don't know how how to say it, but... There's definitely something to all this, and God's the major part of it. Yeah, that's where I always land. It's hard to imagine that there's not not something greater going on. But do you think? Yeah. Do you think it's uh, there's a God as it is in the Bible, or that it could be something different, or or maybe it depends on where you're at, or if there's like alternate universes, or do you think it's just there is one, and that is how it is? That's the part that I struggle with, you know. 
you can call me a Bible thumper or whatever you want to call it, you know, and probably I've always believed in God, but in, in, of course, 20, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have seen that in me, but since I've studied it and, you know, read the Bible and going to church now, you know, Jesus died on the cross while everybody sins, and that's all in the Bible, and everything that Jesus said, he it's backed up with the, um, the people in the Bible, you know, talking about their version of what, what was seen, you know, the, the, the resurrection and all that stuff. So to see that in the Bible and not believe it, I just don't see how people can, can not believe, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think it's a good thing that you're, he said, studying it and I think everyone is searching for something, aren't they? Even if they land in a different spot, like everyone's just trying to figure out what it all means anyway. Well, that's the thing, you know, and the, the Bible will tell you, you know, the, the main key ingredient in the Bible and from Jesus is one, is one big thing, and that's love. Everybody love each other. Everybody respect each other. Everybody do the right things for people. Although that'll never happen. And and I'm trying to tie this to what I'm trying to think of here. You know, they, they say there's there's somebody or something that is watching over us, which is God. But yeah. They say the Earth actually. If you look out in the universe and there's unexplained things about how we can actually how the I'm not a scientist, but even scientists will say. You know how this is actually happening what's the protection that's around the earth from all these elements in the universe and some of it's unexplained as to you know how this how these forces are actually protecting our ozone and all this stuff so that's another weird thing is it aliens out there are these aliens actually angels is it god's people out there i don't know but that's what i tend to believe now that there's a big a big force out there which controls everything because if you think about it we're just a little piece of this puzzle we're just a little tiny piece of sand the earth is a, a small small planet yeah we're There's insignificant other planets out there that completely make our planet just a plain dwarf yeah it's crazy and i think that like when i start thinking like that about how big the universe is and how many unanswered questions there are i think I end up having to step away from it for a little bit just because it, it can get overwhelming because you there's so many things that you just you won't you won't have answered. It can be fun to talk about, but you won't really have the answer until you die or until something crazy happens and it's all revealed. Right. Yeah, you know, there's people that have their stories too. You know, um, after death experiences and coming back to life. And gosh, I saw something on TV the other day. I don't know if it was the news or, but this boy, this little young boy, they had to revive him because he stopped breathing. And when he was, when he was out, I don't think he ever knew his grandfather or somebody that he never knew, ever knew, but he was calling this person's name while he was unconscious. Now think about that. Somebody he never knew, but he was calling this person's name. It was grandpa or something. So how do you explain that? I can't, and that's what makes me so frustrated. Uh, you know, and they say that you know, after life, you know, if you're you're a believer, that you're going to go to, you know, Jesus has prepared a place for us in heaven. And where is that heaven? You're talking about? Is there another dimension? Is there a place He's prepared like that? I mean, yep. To believe in the Bible, you have to have faith and. Faith in God, and that's what's going to happen. So, I'm a believer. I mean, I'm there because something, something big is going on. We just don't. None of us know. So I just say I believe in God. And... Yeah, that's. I think that's. But that's why faith is hard because you, you know, you don't see. But, yeah, you can't see it. Exactly. You're, that, that's exactly it. You know. You're just trying to. 
well, you're really just trying to hope for the best, right? That's what. Yeah. You're just putting your faith yeah. in something good and hoping that it it works out. I'll tell you this much. Since I've become a believer in Jesus being my savior, better things have happened to me. I I feel like I'm a lot more kind to people and the more kindness that I show people and do things, the better I feel, the less frustrated I am. I'd rather take a situation now instead of having to be the person to be correct, in other words, argue with that person. Like I told you, give them a reason, or even if they're mean to me, be nice to them anyway. Accept it, you know. Um, and that's in the Bible too. Jesus always said that you should, if somebody's asking for something, and they come back and ask again, just keep giving it to them, keep giving it to them. Extreme kindness. Yeah. Because the point is, you can't go wrong by being kind to people. Even if that person is going to continue to be mean, you're never going to be wrong. That's true. I mean, if their their intentions can be bad, but if yours are good, then it's like there's nothing to there's nothing to think about. It's right. Simple. And it's contagious because that person also will, will question, "Wow." I'm being so mean to this person, but this person's still being kind to me. And they start thinking also that that can actually change a person in the way they view things as well. So, Oh yeah, I believe that because when someone's mean, a lot of times they want a reaction too. They want a reaction out of you. And if you don't give that to them, then they start thinking about things. They're looking for a reaction. Absolutely. They want you to meet them at that level. And if you don't, it's confusing. That's right. And it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable what a, a big smile, a, you know, a sincere smile will do for another person that's not in such a good mood or angry or something like that and just pop a joke or whatever. I'll have to change that person's day in an instant. So. You're not walking around telling dad jokes all the time, are you? Sometimes I do though. All right. <laughs> Usually the same thing. Oh, here's another one. <laughs> I'm all for it, actually. There's a guy at work who's like, he's got three kids, and he's he's the guy that has the dad jokes, and I just everyone loves him. Yeah. And he does it brightens brightens I mean, people's it, days. It, it, it does, and you know they, they some might be kind of corny, but a lot of them are pretty good actually. Well, you're biased because you you, you like them because you're saying them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, I think them up as they go along, you know. <laughs> well, maybe you should start doing some stand-up yeah, there, stand-up comedy. I I should because sometimes I'll see these ones that I know that I never saw before and I made up and then I'll see, oh, that guy's, I did that one, that was mine. Do you have one uh, in your head right now that you've been wanting to get out? Oh, gosh. I can't remember pop one. Right, you need you need me to okay. like set you up. You need a like it's got to be like a comedy team. Yeah, I gotta I gotta have some kind of something said to me before I can say one. All right, well I'll I'll be thinking about that and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with it when you least expect it at some point. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna set you up real nice for you can just like land your one of your best jokes. Well, I should probably get off of here. What are you going to do? you going to go out now and eat or something? What is it, 1230 uh, there? Yeah, i got to finish a little bit of work and then go to bed. And I think I'm going into work early, so. It's going to be a long week. But well, a good one. We should do more of these calls and talks and analyzing and theorizing. And what? Theorizing? Theorizing, yeah. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to make this a regular thing. It's like it's it's good on a couple levels. I get to have a recorded conversation with you that will be I more important to me as time goes on. Yeah. 
that's part of the reason I want to do these things because they may not, I mean, they are important now and I enjoy it, but I, I always think like 20 years from now, what, what that'll mean. Yeah. Just you, be, can, you can label your, label your USB stick crazy dad. <laughs> crazy dad talk. If that's what you want. <laughs> no, I want whatever you want. No, I like I, label I label it like date and sort of the subject, and then it's all filed away. But it's I don't know. It's fun. It's fun to listen back to conversations, you know, yeah. because they're also they're not conversations you get to have every day. So I think it's good. Well, if you get a chance, you get a chance sometimes. Sit down and read the Bible. All right, I have I have a few of them. Yeah, well, you, you can put around your cell phone. You know, That's my, true. There is the app. All the Bible. Yeah. But you know, it'll open your eyes. And you know, this is one last thing. If you really look at events going on in this world right now, there is a religious war going on. It's happening. You think so? Yeah, there's some, yeah. I definitely think so. God's involved. Well, I don't, um, I don't know much about it, so there's not much I can say, but all I can do is listen. But I can, uh, yeah, I can do some reading. Well, do what you always do. Always keep an open mind. Don't ever close your mind like a lot of people do that, you know, there's no way possible of this, there's no way possible of that. Well, don't ever say never because you don't know. No, if I catch myself in that, I usually am able to get out of it pretty quickly because I know there's just so much I don't know and sometimes I'm just wrong. Yeah. So. Yeah, we got a vast universe out there and there's a lot of things going on, definitely a lot of things going on. I know. It's a weird world. Yep. But it's interesting. It's never Very not interesting. interesting. Yep. I love you, buddy. I love you too. And uh, I will... Well, I'll talk to you soon. Alright. Bye, Jay. Bye. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. Well, I'm glad I got to have him on the show. It is fun talking to my dad. I wish I could talk to him more, but I think this is, uh, like I've said before, this is another reason for me to do this because I also think I'm not very good at keeping in touch with people. And knowing that I'm going to have a conversation with somebody each week, it's a good way to get me thinking about the people that I should be talking to. So I'm really glad that I got to do this and I'm sure I will have him on again sometime soon. Maybe I will make it weekly. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll just do a weekly alien podcast with him. Because he's got interesting thoughts on the subject. And I could probably just sit there and listen to him talk about it for 40 minutes. Or 20 minutes. Or an hour and a half. I don't know. But anyway, I think that's it for now. If you like this episode, please let me know. If you hated this episode, please let me know. And if you have any ideas for future episodes, please let me know. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next week.